Welcome to In the Shadow of Your Wings with Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. The Granby Christian Church desires the lost to be saved and the believer to passionately pursue Christ in all that they do. Let's join Pastor John Marins for today's message. Good evening and welcome again to the broadcast. Uh, such a joy to have John Kohler with us. And he shares from his heart uh, wonderful things that God, you're teaching him. And, I, and we just look forward, God, to this this time that we're going to share. And I'm glad that I get to share my friend with friends through the radio waves. And, and God, just use these moments to teach us more about what it means to be in fellowship with you and in fellowship with your church. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, John Kohler is our guest. He's a missionary to Mexico. He has ministered for years to me and a whole lot of other people in the Joplin area. And so, John, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Glad you are. Talk about the church and how it should relate to one another, John, would you? Well, we've been talking about you and I, and, and I've seen it over the years. The church has been in a shift that began really in the 70s. And what happened was, it, it, it was the good news and the bad news. The good news was there came a wave of teaching of a revelation of the Word of God, which was wonderful. It changed my life. But what happened over the years, and it, then it began to distort into where the church became a classroom. People began to show up as they would at class with their notebook. Notebook, they took notes. Changed their lives in a lot of ways, but it, it distanced us from each other. And so church was no longer about a relationship with each other based upon a relationship with the Lord. Churches have done small groups, but it's based upon, hey, I need a group, I need people, versus the people seeking the Lord together. So what we see in Mexico, which is, it's so, I don't know, stark to see people in Mexico. They they are such a, a uh, relationally, relationally cultured, but distant people. It's odd. So they're, they're very relational in the sense that they, 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 are, they are not as cold as North Americans, yet on the other hand, they have no personal relationships with each other. And so what happens and what we see in the United States is, and in the world, is people have distanced each other but think they're in good shape because they go to church. And so they're hearing the word. But I'm convinced these last days we have got to be in a community of faith and love. And we cannot do it by ourselves. What it says in Hebrews talks about that in the last, you know, as time comes to an end, don't forsake the gathering together your brother, but you're there to encourage each other. And, and so people are trying to go, I think, live in the in the old relationship of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, go to, go to church, learn something, and then leave until the bell rings for the next class. Then they wonder why their lives are a shambles. You know, where is the real living Christ? Well, there's, number one, relation with Christ begins with our personal relationship, but then I experience Christ through you, you know. So as I relate to John, other pastors, other people, then they fill me up. So it's really hard 
to be the only branch in the vine. You know, you pretty much have got to be part of the vine life, which includes these other branches, all feeding the life of God into each other. And so, that, that's, that's a terrible bondage right now in the United States. So it's a family, and we need to get together as family, enjoy times together as a family under Jesus' Lordship. Yeah, and it's even, you know, it's even more than a family. It's an organism. You oh. know, I, had a, I was in Guatemala years ago and teaching a class, and I was trying to find scriptures about the family of God. I found about one. And I wondered, why, Lord, are there not more scriptures about the family of God? And the Lord said, he said, son, he said, it's more than a family. It's, a, it's an organism. And I, I had a little vision of a mom and a dad and, and six kids at a table in Guatemala. And nobody was in agreement at the table. There, there, it's, you know, eight people going different directions as a family, but not as an organism. And so when, you know, the fingers are attached to a hand, to an arm, to a shoulder, to a body, it's connected together. There's commitment. So we are a family and yet a body that flows together, Christ the head. And so if we're relationally in line with Jesus and with the body, life flows. And people who, maybe they love the Lord, but boy, they've got they're not connected as they should be. And I believe in this end time we're seeing reconnections back, reconnected back to the Christ as our bridegroom, reconnected in such value with each other. Wow, John or Bill or Tim, God, they bring such life to me. And, and so when that's your pulse, then you cannot live a separated life. You have to have others in your life on a regular basis. So your life is kept fresh through your personal relationship with Jesus and Bible study and reading, but it's also through people. Yes, and, and what we have in, in Mexico is we have several house meetings we call houses of healing, and these are spiritual families, and as they connect with the living daily Jesus and with each other, then it just creates such a wonderfully easy place to be healed. And we had a lady, uh, her name's Belen, she maybe 30-ish, diabetes, mom and dad, spiritual, religious. She wanted nothing to do with God. She started coming, hearing about Jesus who loves us. She begins to hear, I'm not a leper. I'm a child of God. And began to sense this, this tremendous agape love in this group. Three weeks, she's healed of diabetes completely. Wow. And that is, that is the norm right now. When people encounter the love of the Father, unconditional love and they encounter the truth of God's word and an assembly of those pursuing the Lord together gosh miracles are a snap Otto Koenig once said that if you want to see miracles oftentimes what you need to do is pack up and go to the mission field that's what you've done John and you've seen miracles haven't you all the time it's, it's amazing but you know we should see miracles here in the United States you what's, know, what's keeping us from that well, think? a lot of things, lukewarm spirit, you know, Jesus said in Revelation 3, said, I'd rather you be rather hot or cold or, you know, lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. And the problem is when people are, are not desperate, not hungry, not thirsty, interested, we have a lot of interested people. I mean, they're interested to come Sunday, but are they passionate? No. And it, you know, we were talking about this. You know, Jesus called us to first love. That's mm. Revelation, what, 2, 4, 5. 
He says, uh, you know, I have one thing against you. Yeah, you're a faithful church. You're hardworking. You don't want to listen to bad doctrine. That's great. But this I have against you. You've left your first love. And I will remove the candlestick unless you repent. So what's happened is we have, it's not that we've left love. We love the Lord, just not with first love. So what is first love? That's, that's what God's after because, you know, it says that Jesus, God is a jealous God. Yes. And he doesn't like competition. No, he doesn't. But we think, okay, God's grace allows me to have these other things in my life that's a greater priority, but God understands. Well, that's a bunch of baloney God doesn't understand. He is a jealous God, and the reason he's jealous is because he loves us. And because he loves us infinitely, then love demands jealousy. If, for instance, you know, the four states is a great place to, you know, make, buy, and sell drugs. And so here's a, here's a husband and tells his wife, I want you to go to the parking lot of the nearest truck stop and sell your body, bring home money. He's not jealous. No. Because he's in love with his drug. And so many Christians are the same way. You know, well, I love the Lord, and the Lord loves me, and he understands. Well, they're not jealous. As a husband's not jealous because... Well, I'm really in love with something else. Wow. But Jesus is jealous. It's a holy jealousy. Yes, it is. Perfect love demands jealousy, and it does not like competition. So one of the great problems we have in the United States is just so many other things we can love. When, you've become, when we become true disciples of Jesus, there's nothing. We don't want to be with anybody else. There's nothing else that can make us happy. We know that. Thank you for these blessings. Thank you for a nice house, Lord. Thank you for a good car. Thank you for a good job. But I don't need a better job. I just need more of Jesus. Amen. And when we come to that place, that first love, not just a love, you know, that, that's, that's the deception. See, we think because we love him, that's good. No, he demands a first love, which, number one, you know, remember those days when you started dating Janie? Janie was your life. Absolutely. Like Ellen was, I just wanted, I just lived to be with Ellen. Secondly, I lived to make Ellen happy. Yeah. And third, I want to spend time with her. She was my source, and I would do anything for her. That's first love. That's what God is calling us to with Jesus. You know, we were talking earlier about the fact that we, when we begin to try to save ourselves instead of experiencing mm. His salvation, really that that desire to try and save ourselves almost becomes an idol in our life and displaces the salvation of Jesus? Boy, that is, whew, that's a 2,000-year problem, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's just in the nature of the flesh. The nature of the flesh wants to earn God's blessing. It says in Romans chapter 4, it talks about, listen, this is not, this is not being employed and through your good works, you receive your salary. And we tend to come at God with that idea. You know, if I do a great job this week, then I'll get my good salary blessing. And so he said to twist that. Yes, it is. The flesh, you know, my flesh will jump in there and I begin to pray more and do this and do that more. And if I'm not careful, it's not coming out of my life flow, but it's coming out of the, this flesh that wants to perform. And we have to beat the flesh down. No, no. No, and he has made me righteous. I don't make me righteous. Yes, I love this idea that he is the creator, and he's the, he has the ability to recreate my heart. Doesn't he have the ability to give me a new heart, a fl heart of flesh instead of stone? It's in every day. Every day I go to him with, you know, with what we should do every day. Lord, I'm, just, I'm seeking you refresh my heart. 
Make it me, make it me. You know, my home verse is, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My strength, my rock, my redeemer. And I, I, I say it often to God. I rehearse it. It's not vain ritual. It is not uh, vain prayer. What it is, is just the cry of my heart to God. I, I want a clean heart. I want my mouth to speak things that are pleasing in his sight. And when we do that, the church becomes, again, that that body of Christ, that, that family where we're strengthening, encouraging, and comforting one another, where iron is sharpening iron, and the fellowship is just so rich. It's not a Sunday school class. It's a yeah organization. The other thing, too, what's repentance? We call people to repentance. Oh, you have to repent. Okay. The first part we get, okay, I should not probably be an alcoholic. Okay, I shouldn't be doing this. Okay, I repent. Well, what does that mean? Oh, okay, I've made the decision I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, you're going to fall into it even more. So repentance is first of all recognizing we need change, and then the second part is repent is depending upon God for the change. Amen. That's different. So when I catch myself out or the Lord says, son, you need to work on this, I understand what that means. John is not working on John. John's going to Jesus as my surgeon, and my faith is in him who is in me to change me. So it gets my eyes off of myself. A lot of people are in bondage to repentance in a, long, in a wrong way. One of the problems is people run to the cross and stay there. Or they run to the their life is one of sin. I'm in disobedience. I run to the cross. I get my forgiveness. Then they go back to their life of failure. What we're supposed to do is go to the foot of the cross, receive our forgiveness, then go to the throne and reign. Yes. And in Christ, we should reign over our own daily lives. Yes. Reign over carnality, reign over sin, reign over disobedience, reign over strife, reign over unforgiveness. In Christ, we can do that. The problem is we try to do that without Christ. God help me, then I'm just off going to change my life. Well, good luck with that. John can't change. I can't change me. John can't change me. But Christ is in me, and my faith is in him, in me. And as my, like Paul said, there's no longer I that live but Christ who lives in me. And I live by the faith of the Son of God in me. And that's really a revelation of hope, isn't it? Christ oh. in you, the hope of glory. Let's pray. God, I thank you for John Kohler. I thank you for his ministry. I thank you for Ellen. I thank you for their extended family. And tonight, Father, we're asking for a special blessing upon them that comes from you, Jesus. I can't bless John, but you can, Jesus, do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to In the Shadow of Your Wings with Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. If you don't have a church home, they would like to invite you to join them this Sunday for morning worship at 1045. The church is located at 969 Granby Miners Road in Granby, Missouri. Have a blessed weekend and remember to abide in the shadow of his wings. I will rejoice in you, my God, in the shadow of your Are you a Christian who likes to read? If not, there's a whole world of Christian publishing out there that you're missing out on. I invite you to check out the Author's Corner podcast, where I talk to the latest Christian authors each week about their new book releases and what's coming next. 
So if you're ready to jumpstart your spiritual growth with the newest books and the authors who write them, check out the Authors Corner podcast with me, Roberta Foster.